Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new champion. But I'm better than you. And you know it. D M D. Acknowledge me. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm tired and I work with children. Well, ding dong, hello. Embrace the vision. And we want the smoke. Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide? A proud member of the faction known as the Ringer Wrestling Show. My name is Ben Cruz, and I'm a producer here at the Ringer. And I'm here with my tag team partners, senior editor at TheRinger.com, Cal Davenport. And of course, the super producer here at the Ringer, Mr. Brian H. Waters. Gentlemen, we are back. For episode two, throw up those W's. People were asking what the hand sign is. You yeah, know yeah. What I mean? they let us back. Know. Yeah, they, they let us back. They didn't. They didn't kick us out of here yet. <laughs> Although they might after what we're about to do here. So <laughs> before we get the show started, uh, mm-hmm. we we talked last week about the L.A. Knight Bray Wyatt Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, and, and we had a good laugh at, right. at L.A. Knight's expense. You know, he he didn't really know what the match is going to be and and same same early night uh 100% it also occurred to me after we finished recording i have no idea what mountain dew pitch black is right i don't think i'd never seen you guys i'd never seen it so uh we want to figure that out first uh because this is the hard-hitting journalism that you're going to get on wednesday worldwide and and, and to do that we're going to borrow actually a quick segment from Juliet Littman and David Jacoby on Food News. Sweet. And we're going to do a quick taste test of Mountain Dew Pitch Black so you don't have to, oh listeners. Uh, and if, if we say anything wild during the rest of the show, you'll, you'll know why. So, gentlemen, pull out, pull out your bottles. Uh, yeah. Oh, this my gosh. I didn't realize it was purple. I will say that much. Uh, I, I was expecting it to be pitch black. It's it's pretty close though. All right, everyone, let's let's mm-hmm. open this. Ooh, the sounds of mountain. <laughs> oh. Brian's mouth is already watering. That's crazy. Oh, that's right, a... I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a little sniff. Dear God. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't. What uh, it, it smelled like sugar. It just smelled like <laughs> sugar. It smells like sugar and water. All right, here we go, <laughs> guys. Cheers. 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 The, uh, Episode three. two, baby. Jeez, here, we go. here we go. What? Oh, <laughs> is this the taste of pitch black? I I pray to God that the, the match tastes, is better than this drink. It tastes like flat grape soda is what it tastes like. Brian, you seem to be enjoying it. I don't <laughs> where, where, where is this on the do scale? <laughs> um it's mid. 
<laughs> but I like Mountain Dew. Um, uh-huh. Preferably, give me the classic zero sugar, the green one. Right. Then give me the orange. Are you power ranking Mountain Dews right now? Yeah, yeah power ranking. It's the Dew scale. Yeah, it's the Dew scale. <laughs> I think I put this right above Cold Red. And Cold oh, Red wow. had a good run in, I say, like the summer of 2000, oh, 2001. I, I, I loved Code Red. I, I see. I never really drank Mountain. I didn't realize this was a flavor that's been a. This is almost twenty years old. This started in two thousand and four or something. Look, there's a reason they stopped making it for a while, <laughs> and they're bringing it back. Uh, I think it's back permanent now. At least it's been since before the like the twenty nineteen, as the internet's are telling me anyway. Hey, I'm ready to go now. Let's get this party started. I'm going to break kayfabe a little bit here. It's 8 a.m. on the West Coast, and I just had that. I that might have ruined my day. I just. Do you have a backup? Like you got some water or a cookie or something to like interfere? I have a a cookie, more sugar. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Something to interfere with the taste. You know how like yeah, you taste something. I have some coffee. I'm, I'll break okay. it up with that. I, I used to get in trouble because, like, I would eat the vegetables first mm. just to get them out the way. And then I eat the fried that. chicken, the, the spaghetti, or, you know, the pizza. That's smart. So let's get the show started before uh, <laughs> I, I pass out here. <laughs> let's, let's kick things off the right way with some high spot headlines. You all know the deal. I'm going to read out some of the biggest headlines of the week. And whoever wants to tag in and let it fly, let it fly. First up, a huge money offer was made to Stone Cold Steve Austin for a match with Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I... The Mountain Dew's got you guys speechless. No, I think here. it's one of those things where it's like... I, I was trying like and, and 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 what like I I don't I'm I'm the old man I'll say it. I I love you know I know WrestleMania's for the novelty accents for all that stuff but I y'all ready to see um you would really want to see a Roman Reigns Stone Cold Steve Austin match in 2020 he's gonna Roman is gonna destroy that man you th- there's no way Stone Cold's beating Roman for one of them titles. It feels like it's they're trying to bandage up the fact that, and this hurts me to say, it's looking less and less likely Rock is going to be there. Yeah. Right? So they're yeah. they're kind of going down the rest of the list. Who's who's the who's a big name we can throw out there that would draw? It is. I mean, what, Cal, I'm with it? you from a wrestling perspective. I don't know if I want to see it from a from a name perspective solely. Oh, I can, I, 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 I might I, be in. <laughs> I don't need it to be a five star match. I, you, just to hear that glass break after hearing Roman's music hit, the promos. Y'all gonna be so disappointed. Like, just to yeah. think about this. Let's, uh, yeah. Paul Heyman going at Stone Cold on the mic, telling him that, you know, mentioning all his failed gimmicks before he was Stone Cold, and then he'd probably right. throw called Chili McFreeze in there. Chili McFreeze. Like, Chili McFreeze. You, you look at the Austin documentary, you see all the possible names that they were going to give him. No, right. So yeah. I yeah. think this would actually be interesting. Now, with that being said, Ben, uh-huh. I am not ready to accept any rumor or innuendo or nothing as far as The Rock not being ready. That doesn't even sound right as far as rock and out of shape. That just doesn't sound right. So I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to still hold hope that we're going to get rock and Roman. Uh, you and me. You and me both, my friend. Y'all are <laughs> wild. In, in the age where Jey Uso had to save Sami Zayn from getting that spike from Solo Sokoa and the, the, the way that crowd popped you telling me you would rather see a flimsy it's not going to be whatever you think is going to be stone cold's going to get a stunner off he may get a thez press off he may get a couple of them things off but did y'all watch what happened with kevin owens like do you want to see that but for real this time with someone that is actually supposed to go in there and twist next and, and and i'm gonna hurt people and all this stuff like i don't know man i i'm i'm good on that the, i brian the one thing you should have mentioned mm-hmm. they could have done all of those promos cutting all those promos on 
a stone cold, what is it, the the, the skull sessions? What do they call it? The skull sessions. The brokers do have Roman and Heyman come out there on the broken skull sessions and have this conversation. Heyman doesn't even let the interview go. Heyman goes and talks about, you know, the dangerous alliance and all this stuff. I can see it all happen. It's going to be beautiful. The the, the 10-minute promo package before the match is going to be amazing. But then we have to have the match. And I do not want to see that. Not in 2023, not any time after. I'm good. I am so good on that <laughs> match. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Well, that's, that's a fair point. So now it's going to lead us actually into our next high spot headline, which is mm. actually a counter report to the one I just set out. <laughs> that huge money offer apparently was reportedly for Stone Cold to face Brock Lesnar, would that be more in your wheelhouse, Mr. Davenport? This is going from bad to worse. It's like, all right, Roman's going to destroy this man in, in, in kayfabe. Brock may act. Did you, do, do you remember? It was a th- it was a, a three way match where Brock and Braun were in the match, and I think Brock or, or Braun knee Brock in the head, and it, it it was a knee that hit a little yeah. harder than it was supposed to. Yeah. and Brock took one of them hands and. Bam and rocked him up the side. He they they had to play the real shot on replay because it was it was such a devastating blow. Put Stone Cold in that situation. And it, it, again, I don't I don't want anything. I like I love watching people get beat up. I do not want to see that in the ring for real, where some craziness can actually happen. I am so good, especially when Bobby Lashley's right there. We got matches for Mania. We don't need Stone Cold in any of these, in my opinion. We don't need him. Wow. Hey. I'm with you on Lashley Brock. I'm actually in on that. I'm in on that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I don't I mean this this history of Stone Cold and Brock, it kind of goes back, back to the day, right? When Stone Cold walked out. Like because he didn't want to do it. Look. I don't know. Could be a full circle moment. I'm just I'm I'm just saying. I may, may, maybe we should let those stories of things what could have happened. Sit, sit in the past because we we never got a proper Sting Undertaker and I do not want to see that at me. Well, I'm sure. sorry I even said it. I'm sorry I even said it. it was blame it on the do. Blame it on the do. That's why I said it. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, um, I I don't need to see Stone Cold and Brock Lesnar. Even I don't think I really wanted to see it in 2002, 2003. To oh. be honest with you, uh, Austin's style is just different and like it worked yeah. with Kurt Angle, Triple H, The Rock. Last year, Kevin Owens, it worked. I like it now. I have bias. Being there in the arena, of course, it's always going to be a bias. But that's it. Um, I love to see him a part of the show. I love to see him deliver some Stone Cold Stunners, do a couple of what's. I'm good. I don't need a match from him, but I'm just saying, if it was Austin versus the Tribal Chief, I would not hate it. I just don't need it. So you prefer that one? You prefer oh, that report. way over because uh, okay. like you th- I'm thinking when I hear Stone Cold versus Brock Lesnar, I'm thinking Stone Cold. I mean, Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose. And uh, that was okay. not that was a not great, great match. Yeah. <laughs> and we heard can Ambrose I, say why it was. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Always. I'm being a little literal, but I'm just trying to make a point. WrestleMania has always been called like it's been it's been akin to the Super Bowl. Yeah, for pro wrestling, right? Right, right. We never talk about, oh, did Dallas make it to the to the Super Bowl? We got to get Emmitt Smith. Yo, can we get Emmitt Smith? You mean to tell me you wouldn't want to see Joe Montana versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? I'm saying, I'm saying, Joe Montana, the four, Joe Montana, he's not going to be quarterback. Like, I, I get it. Like, I, but like, I'm, think about what that sounds like right now. And then think about what we're talking about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, who, yes, they may be older than some of the people who are really flipping around, but they still do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and at the very least, if a Stone Cold is going to step back into the ring in a match, in a match, match, he's going to need to be prepping. Just like those rumors you talked about with The Rock. I feel like The Rock was, is somebody who feels like he may need a little bit more time if he's going up against Roman. When was the last time The Rock was in the ring in a match match? Well, if you don't count WrestleMania 32 with... Um, with the flamethrower? No, yeah. Um, with the guy from the Wyatt family. Right. Eric right, Rowan. Right. Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan. It's WrestleMania 29 with John Cena. 
That was the last time he was in a match match when he put Cena over. That's, and that's, he got hurt then. That's uh, weird under, hurt, yeah. Yeah. Now Austin, he's been working out. He's been working since out. the fall. I've seen the Instagram the videos. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so granted, he could be just doing it to stay in shape. We haven't seen any ring bumps, but right. we really didn't with The Undertaker before his match with Cena, where he kind of wanted his get back after his match with Roman Reigns. But and, I understand and, exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, why do we got to go back? But I mean, I'm just saying a Tom Brady versus Joe Montana Super Bowl. That'd be I, fun to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, Jordan yeah, versus yeah. LeBron in the finals. And, and then let one of those guys get hit. And then you'd be like, damn, what? what, what <laughs> tur, tur, take the cameras off. I'm like, no, nah, you wanted this. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, I, I, let, let the young people that get paid to do this cook. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect segue into the next headline, which I'm sure Cal's going to love. There's actually, there's a petition out there for Bushwhacker Luke to make an appearance in the 2023 Royal Rumble. Cal? I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, but I will oh, say here this. we go. Where The Rock hasn't been in the ring for a bit. Stone Cold hasn't had like a match match in a bit. At the very least, Luke, Bushwhacker Luke's had about 10 matches in 2022 alone. Grant, he's like 75, 76, something like that. His, his, his claim to fame in the Royal Rumble was having one of the shortest uh, uh, at times it showed his entrances and exits. I think it was Santino Morella beat it. So whatever Santino Morella's uh, number was, add a couple more seconds, and that's what Bushwhacker right. Luke had from like the early '90s. Um, if he's still wrestling, I'm fine with it. But again, it's gonna have to be a situation where it's a grand opening, grand closing, and I and it, it's got to be the safest way. I have have a it- pile of guys on the outside, and he just gets thrown comfortably on top of them just to see him and then he can just do his you know do do it the walk back to back to the back it's if it's the exact same spot i am in i'm right. i'm just a little concerned with they've made these rumble ramp entrances really long yeah <laughs> these yeah. these guys and girls are running sprinting <laughs> because it's so long right could could bushwhacker luke do that movement the entire time it it, it seems exhausting uh, <laughs> You you Better make him a part out. of the, you, you you make him part of the Wyatt family, you know. It gets pitch black. He disappears, oh, okay. appears in the ring, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. know gets. I, I don't know. I don't know, blame it. You, on you're just trying to say, yeah. Well, it might have to be a a taker later WrestleMania situation where he shows up halfway halfway <laughs> up the ramp. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cut some of that walk time down. Right, just right. A he's smidge. There. <laughs> but if, if if it's that spot, he's in and out. Sign me up. I'm in. Last one here. On High Spot Headlines, the Bella Twins were not happy about Raw 30's treatment of the women's evolution. I wasn't either. And I'm glad okay. they spoke out. You look at, yeah, we saw Alundra Blaze, who's like one of my all-time favorites. Mm. But she really didn't get showcased. And when you think about, First of all, we talked about this on The Masked Man. How many anniversaries does Monday Night Raw need? Right, right. But Maybe five years, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, 500 show, 400 show, three, you know. But my thing is, there's no denying, especially all that what the women have done on Monday Night Raw, how they, the landscape for women's wrestling shifted on Monday Night Raw. The announcement of evolution happened on Monday Night Raw. So I thought right. it was ridiculous. And then to cap it off, it felt like a big rib, especially the way the cage match, a match that <sighs> was being built between two of your biggest stars say, yeah. in so women's disappointing. wrestling history. So disappointing. Right. So I think this was very disappointing. I'm glad the Bella spoke out. I understand you, you cannot talk about the history of Monday Night Raw without mentioning names like China, Sasha Banks, and stuff. But come on, man. There, come there on. Was- for for a three hour show, to have again, there, there's so many people that came out there for two seconds. I I get it. They may have run over time, and so maybe a cage match turned into a beatdown in a cage. The beatdown looked dope anyway. I I I'm not saying it wasn't great television, but when the when I saw that clip from the Bellas, it definitely made me think of it a little differently because. There really wasn't, you know, from for it was that, and then it was the segments involving Charlotte, Bianca, and Alexa Bliss, which kind of it all bled together. They had a match 
a segment and then they had Alexa Bliss like right in, you know, in, in succession. So uh, I don't know. It's so much going on. So many of those pictures that were getting shown it, uh, you, you would have thought you would have seen a bit more at the very least, like Brian said of the, uh, the women's evolution announcement happening on raw stuff like that should have been highlighted. Yeah. And I mean, Brian, you made a great point there that it, it was just kind of compounded by the fact that we were teased with this incredible cage match, mm-hmm. right? Bailey, Becky, potentially what should have been the main event of the evening, right? And it turns into nothing. And, you know, if you if you kind of read the reports, the, the bloodline segment, uh, the trial of Sami Zayn went over time. So they kind of had to cut things and potentially save that cage match for, you know, uh, a different night. And that's I understand that. But then why even have the beatdown happen out, you know, backstage, right? Like, don't even give us that that much of a tease of them having them in the cage and, and ready to go. So it was definitely a bummer. And, and I totally understand what the where the Bellas are coming from and, and what they were saying, because for as much of a trailblazer company as WWE has been for women's wrestling, like that is last night or on monday was pretty much how i felt about AEW and and their treatment of the women's division right they they say mm-hmm. all the right things but when it comes down to execution it's a whole other ball game and so that was a uh, that was a big bummer and and i hope that they make up for that you know sometime soon at least give us the cage match <laughs> because i think that's what we're all we're all clamoring for at, at this point right This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What? Well, there it is. You heard the drop. It's time for They Said What? The three of us have listened to The Masked Man Show and Cheap Heat, as I'm sure all of you fine listeners have as well, because, well, you're already subscribed to this fine feed of ours, but we get to do something I'm sure you all wish you could do, which is respond to a take dropped by the likes of the legendary David Shoemaker has peter rosenberg or stack guy greg and actually for this next edition of they said what we're going with the cheap heat's own brian dipperstein brian h waters play the clip we never see the undertaker again that's it mark calloway and american badass i don't think we're ever seeing the dead man again i'll that's my hot take for the day okay American badass taker, just being that guy. Where do we fall on this? Uh, that's when 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 I saw it, I was I was sitting there thinking about this is the first time we've seen this version of the Undertaker in a bit. He did a lot of transitioning back into the the older style of the Undertaker, and I guess it made sense right now as as an as a older gentleman. It's easier to just say, "Hey, I'm going to just throw on." some biker-ish gear and ride a motorcycle as opposed to trying to, you know, eyeliner and haircuts and, and all this other stuff. Like, he can be, he can be, it's easy to transition from Mr. Calloway into Big Evil. Um, but that, when I saw it, I was like, oh, maybe this is the, this is Triple H wanting to, I don't want to say dare to be different, but like, throw something else out there for a 30 year anniversary or at the very least for a bigger moment, something you wouldn't normally see. I, I don't know if this will be what we get from him at this point. I, I, it feels like 
the pop for that that Undertaker hit with just the music alone is is a bigger pop. This was cool, but I I don't know if we're gonna not see that ever again. If if we're gonna see the Undertaker on TV at some point, I mean this biker taker that's closer to who he is actually as like a human right so it makes total sense that they would try to put this out there and it also was this the biggest sign that vince has nothing to do with creative right now i mean you, you kind of alluded to it right there cal because i saw i saw a tweet from from andrew goldstein uh mm-hmm. he's he, he used to be part of the wwe creative team yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, used to, he, he said, used to produce stuff for there for the for a while yeah shouts to goldstein right and he said he he mentioned a, in a creative meeting that he loved American Badass Taker, and Bruce Pritchard advised him immediately to never mention that in front of Vince. Like I think Vince is a Undertaker Undertaker stand, yeah. and American Badass was not his you know his cup of tea, so to right. speak. So was this Triple H kind of showing people, hey, this is this is my jam now? We're just reminding people, right? We're we're sending Take out there. On the bike. Right. You know That's a I mean? good point. And I like right. it. You know, right. I think it makes sense. We've evolved and we all know. Mm-hmm. I think you, when Undertaker dresses up for something, it's got to be, like, it's got to, like, really make sense or, you know. But even him being in that character or, mm-hmm. you know, the American Badass and kind of passing a torch or giving the show a sign of respect to Bray Wyatt, it huge. all makes sense. So I, I got to agree, especially with the character and all the characters that Bray Wyatt play. I understand what Dip is saying. I think he's, I think he hit a home run with this one. I don't think we'll see the dead man ever again. Yeah, it's interesting. It also, uh, it also, oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it was also a, a smoother transition from his earlier appearance of the day on sneaker shopping <laughs> on Complex. It was, oh, it's a it's, it's regular Undertaker. It's, it's, it's Taker. It's 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 biker taker, right. and then he showed up on a uh, on Raw the same night. So it, was, yeah. it made it made more sense. He went from shopping with with Joe LaPuma to uh, to just no, yeah. giving Bray the rub. You know, I was I, I think uh, WWE is a, they, they they're starting to understand how to how to work the angles, and you you kind of know when things are happening. And I mean, I, the funny thing is, looking at Taker do this now, maybe he got some pointers from sting i mean sting's been able to evolve and, yeah, and kind of you know figure out ways to maintain that persona without doing too much it usually just involves putting on like a shirt and then like a like a, a long <laughs> coat and then the face paint and a bat but i mean hey if if it brings if he walked out in um pro wrestling no with that they had the snow coming down and everything he just got a bat in his hand like you know whatever works for you works for you and i think that's kind of what I, i'm assuming that's what dips you know um first line of thinking was when he saw it and uh it definitely makes a lot of sense when you look at the the entire picture and what this means for taker now right and brian you also had a bit of a they said what moment this week yeah, uh, he did. you're a you're a brutus beefcake mark that's yeah interesting Talk to me. Talk to the me. Music. What, what do you mean? It, it was the music, the hedge clippers, and um, you know, it's no <laughs> secret. Everybody knows like my second favorite wrestler is Hulk Hogan, so he was his oh biggest ally. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, uh, okay. You know, <laughs> so by association, but I think back to one of the greatest WrestleManias ever, WrestleMania Nine. Him and Hogan teaming up, going after the tag titles. That was a disappointment for me because they didn't walk away with the gold. Now, obviously, at the end really? of the night, I was happy Hogan left with the championship, but. You know, just thinking back, like, you know, one of my favorite uh, hidden gems from WrestleMania is WrestleMania 6. Two of my favorite guys, Brutus Beefcake versus Mr. Perfect. Uh, And for the record, Mr. Perfect is higher on the list than Beefcake. But I am a Brutus Beefcake mark. You would walk around, like, with the, with the, with cutting. I think his strut is better than Ric Flair's. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Brutus H. Waters. Wow! Brutus right. Wall, that's amazing. That's, that's not amazing. the dude talking. That's uh, not look, the dude we, at all. That's not the dude. It might. All. It might be. We uh, look before we piss off any more Ric Flair and Undertaker purists. Uh, let's, let's catch our breath here. Take a sip of some dew, and let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress 
with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. And we are back. It's now time to bring in our special guest here on this January 25th edition of Wednesday Worldwide. He is one of the truck. There we go. He is one. I love it. He is one of the trusted wrestling scribes we have here at the ringer. He's a self-proclaimed kayfabe metrics boy. That's boy with an I. He is Nick Bond. Mr. Bond, welcome to Wednesday Worldwide. How the hell are you? Well, special seems like a big thing to live up to. That's stop. All right. Stop. Stop. Great. Otherwise, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. No, of course. Again, th- thanks for taking the time to, to come on. And we wanted to chat with you because uh, you, you wrote a great piece that hit the ringer.com a, a few days ago uh, entitled Flair for the Gold? Question uh, mark. It, it was, you know, you're taking a big picture look at Charlotte Flair and why her, her, her current title reign may be the most important, you know, of, of her career as, as, as well as, you know, you, you kind of take a look at the future of women's titles in, in general without giving too much of the piece away, uh, because we do want people to check it out and read it in its entirety. Indeed. Why is Charlotte's current and 14th, uh, world title reign potentially her, her most important? Because they have to actually care about this one. They can't Mm. just keep accumulating. Like at this point, she's reached a stage in her career where 14 titles and basically she, so she's been working for 10 years, but she's really been collecting titles since like 2017. It's too much. Like it doesn't mean anything when she has 14 titles. Sasha has seven. Sasha has total, and I love Sasha, but Sasha's Mm. total like time with the title is like three weeks. You know what I mean? Like, relatively speaking. And I'm not expecting things to be like Luthez, which I spent a lot of of time talking about him in the piece. But, like, there has to be some sort of middle ground. And that's what I actually mentioned in passing is, like, the really important thing is those middle-length title reigns that actually, like, get somebody over and get Mm -hmm. the title, not just, like, hot potatoing back and forth. And there's nothing wrong with hot potatoing the title back and forth once every couple of years but you've got to bring a new talent that's where like the rain inflation concept came in is basically what i do when i do these pieces is i just cal has seen them they're disgusting but i just dump a bunch (laughs) of information into uh, a spreadsheet basically and i run all the stats like i break Mm -hmm. them down to make them more manageable for me from like a brain perspective but i i basically so that's why i broke it down by decade in the charlotte piece but basically what I do is I go, oh, okay, is this the interesting thing to talk about, about this set of numbers? So like, uh, and that's the, for the case uh, with this piece was that I saw like, oh, that's weird. Like you can see a really big drop in the prestige of a title after a bunch of people hot potato it back and forth and then no one new comes. So it's like at one point, like the NWA title is basically like literally Ric Flair getting the title back from somebody he had just lost it to a month and a half ago and it's like yeah you do that literally seven times in a row no one's gonna believe it when you do it the eighth they're gonna be like well he's just gonna get the title back like i called it a dusty champion and it's like that's what it was Mm -hmm. it was about like drug dealers make their money on the comeback we'll keep them coming back and it's like eventually you od somebody like it's not yeah it doesn't keep working you're a promotion like you have to promote new stars you develop new storylines it's not just like hanging out and hoping for the best. And that's basically what Charlotte's title reigns. And I love Charlotte. I think Charlotte's one of the most incredible performers in the history yeah. of wrestling, not just women's wrestling. I think she is like, 
pretty unequivocally because I don't think The Rock is great shakes in the ring. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, like the best, probably the best <laughs> second generation professional wrestler, like in terms of the like the actual in ring stuff. Like she's not a quarter of the promo he is, but like you know, what I mean, I think she's a really incredible performer. But these, this has actually hurt her. Like her being a 14 time champion is literally so she could get up to where Rick is. Like, that is literally why they're doing it a lot of times. Like, I think they count, technically, the time where she switched titles with Becky Lynch. Terrible. Yeah, they got all up in each other's business, but that wasn't a match. That wasn't, they didn't, it's the same continuous title reign. Let's not act like it wasn't. And, like, that's Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff where it's like, there's there's also, like, what's hilarious about Rick, and I also wrote about this in the piece, like, recognize title reigns in... The, there's just like literally loose Fez. I'm looking at it right now. Loses the title three times, or he loses the title before, but he's lost the title in that like nine year reign, and then in the subsequent one, he lost it a couple of times without actually losing it because of some weird like, oh well, actually it was a one fall match instead of a two fall match, so we don't. So it's literally like got they did the same thing, but they did that when there was no TV and it was like in Poughkeepsie, Illinois. Right. Or, you know, or not Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie, New York, Poughkeepsie, New York. But it, Peoria, it would it would take forever yeah. for that news to travel at a certain exactly, point. and it wouldn't. It would just be a myth. Like right. the thing with <laughs> right. the really important thing to understand is like Meltzer got popular amongst the boys because he was the first person to do reporting that involved him calling the arena where the show happened and being like, yeah, "How many people were there?" what was the gate instead of just relying on the promoter to be truthful it's a promoter like (laughs) so like that dynamic was to the advantage of championship reigns you could do stuff you could switch titles you could have crazy stuff happen i'm sure if i went through the amount of dqs that luthez had in his 1056 title defenses in 203 2300 days like i'm sure he had a bunch of dqs right but like we didn't see it all the time. And now it's just like, you know, the cadence of championship title reigns and it's just sucks. I'm, I'm glad tie- you brought up. It was just, I'm glad you brought up Lutez because uh, that's one of my questions for you. Now we're seeing with Bianca Belair having this championship reign that's been very lengthy compared to what we were used to with the women. How do you think that compares to Charlotte's 14 title reigns historically? It's better. They're better. They're better title reigns, just straight up. She's so I'm actually working on a thing right now for the Rumble. Uh, it's basically about pushes Kelsey in a bunch. Uh, and basically, I'm creating this concept called the championship window, which is from when you win the Rumble to when you stop being a champion for the last time. And like the championship window for someone like Bianca is basically continuous from the beginning of her career. And it's kind of that way with Charlotte, but it's kind of that way with Charlotte. Because she's a flair. Like what Belair is doing is so much more impressive on any reasonable level by any metric. She is my favorite performer working right now. So I'm obviously very biased, but like she's she's doing she's John Cena. She is female John Cena. I know we say it a lot on the ringer, but like she is female John Cena 100 percent She is the next big thing in the business if they know what they're doing. She's incredible. They're making her a television star on top of being a television star. They're, she's the best. Sorry, I like Bianca, Bianca to me and Charlotte aren't even on the same level. Like it's not close. Mm. I don't, I don't, I think Bianca is way beyond Charlotte in terms well, of. I, I'm actually glad this conversation's evolving this way because while Bianca has been on this run, she's been on this run as John Cena, the dominant babyface mm-hmm. over there on Raw, and it's it's shocking to me that Charlotte Flair's return after all this time has been as a babyface. I don't know if it's going to be as a reluctant babyface, but uh, can I just interject? Go go right ahead. Go right ahead. She grabbed Ronda's tights on the yeah. championship <laughs> win. Like, who are we fooling? This the, is like when MJF came back as the masked man and he did the foot thing on the right. on the outside of the ring. It was like that's that's MJF. That's literally one of his signature things. Like, no, she's she's a she's a flyer. You ne- do I have I wish can we just pop up if we do like a TikTok for this of 
the flare just running and punching Sting in the face during the tag <laughs> match. Like that, she's a flare. Like there was a come on, come on, son. Nah, I, I think man. it was like was it was it after she won the title? Um, the ref w- w- went to get, hand her the belt and, and she grabbed it and then two yeah. seconds later she's like oh I'm sorry she like shook the ref's hand like she has to it's almost like it has to be second nature be like oh I'm on this side of the fence yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I'm I a mean, good guy I, now she's I, a good I, I person get, I don't mean like it's not one of those people where you're like hmm, I totally get why that person's a heel all the time she seems like a really cool person does she take her career a little seriously apparently according to uh, Becky and Becky's ex-boyfriend for some reason. Like, uh, yeah, maybe, but that's cool. Good for her. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I don't think she's like an evil person. I think she's just, she's a six, basically like a six foot wall, tall, stunning blonde woman who can do backflips. Like, yeah. how how are you going to identify with her? Like, well, let me I'm ask a you. beautiful five foot nine man. I can't do backflips. I don't <laughs> know. But, well, then let me ask you a question. How long do you think the WWE lets her rock as a babyface? Is this just a WrestleMania storyline or do you think it extends after that? Um, I don't I, see. The thing is, is that she's actually good at the babyface, babyface stuff. <laughs> she's actually good at the like staying after she appreciates the fans it feels like in a real not that other people don't but like no but indeed there's a genuine like no i'm tired of being a bad guy i kind of like being cheered it's nice see i love getting booed uh so (laughs) you can boo me all you want right i've seen what you cheer um like it's for me it's just like yeah i think i think this is real i think they're making a real attempt at it Mm. I, she's gonna go against Bianca. And I'm just gonna be like, who am I supposed to root for? The like one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen, or uh, Supernova? Like, right, like, <laughs> right. right. You know what I mean? Like, it's Bianca's just special. I don't know how else to put it. So, like, yeah, I think I think that they once she because they're definitely planting seeds. Like her coming to Raw and be like, this is my show. Right. It's like, all right. Huckleberry, come on back to the stable. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> at, at, at uh, some point, at some point, we'll see that. Um, it, it's not now though. Right now, we're in the middle of the week. We're uh, we're we're post NXT, pre AEW. Nick, at the it's it's that part of the show. Want to know from you? Is just what's one thing from either last night's NXT or tonight's Dynamite that you're excited for? Um, I I. <laughs> Damn, he said, he said, uh, he said, I'll take a rain check. Yeah, I'm gonna take a rain check. I don't even, <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I, I think I, so I didn't watch NXT. I was asleep, man. That is like way past my bedtime. I have a two year old. Wow. So, uh, Ben, yeah. I don't know. Do oh. you stay up? Well, I'm a- I'm on the West Coast, so I'm I'm able to watch it at a edit. Oh yeah, no, hour. it's it's like it, it once it hits nine o'clock, I might be able to. I think I saw. Uh, New Day singing. Oh God, whose theme song was it? Uh, they were singing some. Randy oh, Orton's. the old, the old Randy Orton theme song. So that was the best <laughs> thing I've seen in a minute. Because uh, I used to just uh, in college, you know, you, what you do in college. I would just hang out and just listen on headphones while my friend was sitting next to me and just scream the old Randy Orton theme song. <laughs> so like. I, that's my jam. Yeah, that's my jam. Hey, nothing you can say, nothing's going to change <laughs> what you've done to me. Like it's. And yeah, the greatest entrance of all time. Like whenever I play, I do create a wrestler. I do the that, and I do the <laughs> reigning gold pyro. Why would have you ever gotten rid of that? I don't understand, but whatever. Right, right. Damn, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for coming well, through, man. Well, yeah, Nick. I mean, thanks so much for coming on the show. You know, here with us. And, and before you get out of here, tell the people you know what you've got going on and, and where they can find your work. Okay, so I'm on Twitter at the Nixer, that's T-H-E-N-1-C-K-S-T-E-R. Uh, I'm on the ringer.com slash author slash Nick hyphen Bond, I think. Uh, I don't know for sure. Um, but Something no, like I that. actually want to, I always like to take my time to plug somebody else. And I wanted to plug Phil Schneider, who there wrote about half the site last <laughs> week. Just Phil. incredible. Phil is incredible. He's a great Co- a colleague uh, and a great person um, and he has two kids and he managed to write about 8 million words about a bunch of stuff where he had actually had to like do work and watch matches just not just look at numbers so like right. God bless him and uh, the, they were all really great and uh, yeah check out Phil's stuff uh, before you check out my stuff 
uh, you'll get to my step eventually. <laughs> uh, well, uh, f- 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 fun fact that that Muda piece that Phil did is the first time he's done a type of like profilish piece on on any, any, yeah, yeah. ever. So you know, yeah, definitely read that if if you've never known anything about Muda in America and how he how that became what what Muda became in Japan. Check that out. Nick, you're the best, man. Th- thanks so much again. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon. Yes, please do. I did that rumble thing. I did, I'm going to do a lot of work for it. So I'll definitely come <laughs> back and talk about that if you want. All right. Bye, thanks, guys. Nick. Take care. Thank you. All right. And before we get out of here, let's hit on last night's NXT and tonight's Dynamite. Uh, let's, let's start with NXT. Let's each pick the biggest thing that stood out to us from NXT, and then we'll uh, we'll do a little vote, see what we're going to talk about more in depth. So, Cal, kick things off for us. What was your biggest NXT takeaway? I don't know if this is random or not, but not only do I love seeing uh, the evolution of Booker T as, like, in, in his Jerry Lawler uh, sitting at a, at a table with wrestlers in the middle of the ring talking stuff. This is, like, the third or fourth time I've seen him do it since he's been on NXT. But I like that they immediately said oh well we're gonna get rid of mandy and you know change everything at least let's take the women that were with her and and incorporate them into the the main event i i like i love the way they're they're building uh the women over there currently so that that stood out to me okay brian what do you have uh, I know we try not to be a Carmelo Hayes stand podcast, <laughs> but man, that segment with him and Apollo Crews, uh, I'm ready for their third Fantastic. matchup. And I there think you it's go. good. You're building a mid card, and this feud feels like the most important feud on NXT next to the women's title feud. Notice yeah. one feud that's not mentioned. <laughs> so that's actually interesting because my biggest takeaway from the show. What wasn't necessarily on the show itself. It was actually something that happened before the show. And yeah. I felt like the show had a bit of a buzz going into it because of the obviously staged brawl that took place at the Performance Center between Braun Breaker yes. and Grayson Waller. I love it. I, I, just, I just enjoy it now when WWE uses social media in that way, right, to advance the storyline. Obviously... First and foremost, the Ray and Dominic Mysterio stuff. Exactly. Is, yeah. th- that's Oscar worthy stuff. But mm. this, again, you guys both know this, and I think I've made this known. <laughs> I, I don't really, I'm not a big Braun guy. Right. I don't really care right now. That, that's just where I'm at. This kind of made me care about it. I it, love it. It, it, uh, it upped my, uh, my attention to, to this rivalry. So is it still three? On the totem pole that we just laid out, absolutely. I completely yes. agree with you guys. I'm just saying, this is the most heat this rivalry has had. Right. And I was, uh, I was, I was a fan. But I, I would love to talk more about this, this toxic attraction thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and, agree. I mean, it's kind of impressive that they were able to salvage kind of the Mandy Rose fallout, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. Obviously, Roxanne's a great champion and she's going to be going to be a great champion kind of moving forward here. But again, the uncertainty lied a lot in what that meant for Toxic Attraction with Mandy's departure. And I love the fact that they're teasing some tension and, and they're putting them in the title picture. So, you know, good for them. They, they, they kind of deserve it. They, they were kind of screwed out of a lot of opportunities early on because of injuries. So to kind of have them back here in a big way is is dope. I, I I agree. I think it's one of those instances where it's it shows how amazing things can be when you're able to just have people that can step into positions when you need to pivot and transition into okay now we not saying they weren't doing anything with toxic attraction before Mandy left, but stepping up and then making it about right. the two of them and Roxanne. I don't know. It's it's great stuff. It, and it shows how easy these things can seemingly be if you just take the time and, you know, trust who you've got sitting around you. And that's the thing, you know, you want to see new stars being built. And we've seen NXT do an incredible job when it comes to the women. Obviously, almost a decade ago, it was Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte and Becky. So now we're getting an opportunity to see this new line of women, you know, step up. Let's change gears here and let's look at tonight's Dynamite. I, mean, I think we can all agree what we're looking forward to most tonight, right? I mean, it's uh, 
do either of you have anything outside of Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal? No, no. Seeing seeing Tony Khan post that uh, it's good that match was going to be happening, and then seeing word that uh, because I believe was Meltzer um, reported that. Uh, they, they specifically went to, to Warner Brothers Discovery to make sure that, uh, you know, this was going to be something. Cause now, and it sounds like for in the future, we'll be seeing Mark Briscoe on television, which, uh, you know, I, I, that's that's going to be important for the people who love seeing Kevin Owens with the J armband or seeing right. you know, different wrestlers doing J drillers or other, you know, doomsday devices, you know, really, you know, bigging up what what J and, and, and the Briscoes as a whole have been to people. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be really important for, for those who are in, still in the mourning process, still in the grieving process. And those who may have never seen or could think that. Someone that would look like a Mark Briscoe is going to be able to put on the show that he's going to put on with Jay Lethal on Dynamite tonight. Yeah, um, it's sad that this is the way we get the Briscoes on. Indeed. Um, but, you know, it's very exciting. Um, shout out to Mark to be able to go out there and do this. And everybody grieves differently. So, you know, my thoughts right. and prayers are with him as we yeah. get him going out there tonight. It should be a very emotional evening, but it should be a great match. Uh, mm-hmm. well. so definitely looking forward to it. Guys, that is how you do Wednesday. How is the uh, Mountain Dew Pitch Black sitting with you guys? Why? Wow. I, I, well. like sh- I feel like shit. <laughs> I've drinking most of it, and it just it tastes wow. like f- flat grape soda. If my takes are off tonight, blame it on the dew. You guys are still going? I took one sip and I stopped. <laughs> I was- I'm going to put this for sale <laughs> on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> after the show's over. I think I, I can recoup some money. Uh, be sure to check out our other Ringer Wrestling Show offerings as we are coming to you every single day of the week. We've got the Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays. We've got Cheap Heat on Tuesdays and Fridays with Peter Rosenberg and Stack Guy Greg. And you'll find Wednesday worldwide, worldwide, smack dab in the middle on, of course, Wednesdays. If you're not already, be sure to follow us, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Cal, Brian, enjoy the Royal Rumble this weekend. Everyone, we will catch you next week. Worldwide. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.